Hello, listeners. It is Friday, which means we have another episode of That Entrepreneur Show heading your way. Another founder is joining us today, and this one will help you, especially if your aspirations are big, including making the Inc. 5000 list. Are you looking for new ways to improve your marketing? Get ready for a great show as his experience ranges everywhere in the marketing realm from service businesses, healthcare, legal, dental, landscaping, and so much more. My name is Vincent A. Lancey, and we have an incredibly valuable show for you. Nick Sukalis is a three-time Inc. 5000 winner and also the founder and chief marketing strategist at Realtop, a full-service search engine marketing agency. He started his sales and marketing career at the age of 18 to support his family and became the youngest producing real estate agent in the city of Boston. After some quick success, he took his sales and marketing talent over to the mortgage industry. No surprise here, he was awarded as the top mortgage executive in his rookie year, placing him in the top 1% of mortgage executives before he turned 21 years old. Next up was continuing his career, rebuilding failing call centers in that space and managing more than $200,000 a month in advertising spend. He then started his own financial services sales and marketing company in 2008, where he bootstrapped like many of you listening on, and his company went on to win three Inc. 5000 awards for fast-growing private companies in the U.S., recording more than $50 million in revenue. Nick, incredible success so far. I'd love to start you off with a question. What does entrepreneurship mean to you? Entrepreneurship to me means freedom. You know, I, I've noticed a trend even here at the agency with my clients that want to be able to do what they want to do, when they want to do it. And entrepreneurship is uh, seems to be the vehicle, vehicle for that. It doesn't mean you're sitting around like, you know, smoking cigars on a yacht. Most of the time you're working, you know, you're getting in before everyone gets in. You're logging off. Never, you know, I'm checking instant messages at two o'clock in the morning. But if you need to do something for your family, you want to take off, you don't have anyone to answer to. And I think uh, deep down inside, the entrepreneur tends to have a little bit of, a, of an ego. Um, they, don't, they, don't like, they don't like managers. They don't like authority. Uh, they're a little bit rebellious. They were probably the ones getting into a little trouble at school. Maybe they weren't so complacent when their teacher told them to sit down and shut up and stop talking, which was basically my whole life. Uh, and as a result, the only outlet is starting, starting your own business, you know, doesn't necessarily mean you're even making more money or any money, but um, you kind of seek that. And that for me is, uh, is entrepreneurship. And, and the other part of entrepreneurship is being able to, you know, build something that could function without you as well. I mean, referencing back the E-Myth Revisited, it's not just about uh, doing a job um, uh, on your own or being being self-employed. I think entrepreneurship is about, you know, building a machine, a machine that can run without you. If you're taking a nap or um, even incapacitated, you're stuck in the hospital. Will it continue to thrive and grow uh, without you? It, which is difficult. I haven't totally mastered it, but I think that's uh, I think that's what we're all shooting for, you know. This segment is sponsored by Bedrock Business Builders a small business startup specialist. Start, build, 
manage? I love the answer. Success to me is very similar to your definition. We can do what we want when we want to do it. Sometimes that requires a lot of sacrifices, including 100-hour work weeks, never turning off. I have trouble resonating with individuals who are not in entrepreneurship, who don't understand that I am always working. I'm always locked in. I may take breaks. I may take a day off for my mental health, but it, the, ne- the thinking never ends. I'm always looking for ways to grow my business. Thank you for opening us up, Nick. I now want to go right into your current company. Let's learn all about it. Sure. So I own a digital marketing agency. And, you know, we started off as a, as a, as a Google Ads agency. So, you know, we were doing Google Ads for uh, smaller businesses. Then really what happened was we started marketing ourselves in a bunch of alternative ways using social media, using email marketing, things I brought from my previous company. And our clients started asking us for those services. They would, they would see our social media feed and they're like, I want some. Um, they would see our email newsletter and say, hey, how come you don't do that for me? Uh, so over the course of the last year, we went from being strictly a Google ads agency to becoming a, a Facebook agency, a a Google My Business agency, an SEO agency, which we already were kind of doing. Um, now we're a full service digital agency. And, and you know, we were the Google ads agency, but we really have transformed into what is essentially um, a larger small businesses uh, digital marketing department. So these companies will typically hire us and we'll take over all the digital marketing uh, tasks that really need to be really need to happen. And, um, and they'll, they'll do it with us for literally a fraction of the cost of having a part-time assistant. Um, but, you know, we'll blow it up for them when it comes to lead gen, because it's our specialty, we can usually jump into a company right away. Look where they're spending money, save them a ton, save them, you know, 50, like we have yet to see a campaign that we've taken over where we haven't slashed expenses more than 50%. Right. So we always find wasted ad spend with four X is what we're even going to charge for our fee. Um, so I would say that's our biggest stick. Uh, you know, we don't really work with startups anymore. Um, it's just very difficult to get a startup, um, you know, unless they really have some sort of seed money or revenue, we'll coach startups, um, with a lot of do it yourself stuff. Um, but really we're working with larger, small businesses that want to grow. You know, if you get 10 people on payroll and you want to get to 50, in the next, uh, I don't know, 24, 36 months, that's usually our sweet spot because that's, that, that was my experience in my previous business. Like how do we take a small, successful uh, business that is profitable and the, the owner is wearing a million hats, but there's money there. And how do we get it to the next level where it becomes a machine? Um, so that that's typically where, where, where we, you know, jump in very, very nicely. Uh, with these businesses. Leveraging your strengths and using experience from your past position to really make a difference on your own company. You mentioned all of a sudden you were on Facebook and all these places. Was that always the goal? Were you always trying to get on these outlets or what was the original outlook for Realtop? My previous business, which was a financial services sales company, we grew the business from like, you know, small referral based company that maybe was doing a half a million bucks a year through partnerships and referrals and even walk-ins. We had a retail storefront and we took that to about five and a half million bucks. And I think it was just a little less than 36 months. Right. 
and no seed money, no uh, venture, uh, venture angel. I don't even know that language, right? It's not my thing. Uh, and we did that really through uh, the following channels. You know, number one was SEO. We, we had to rank the company number one. We did the effort to learn and understand how to do that. And, um, and I like doing it. I'm a bit of a hack. Um, number two, we went ahead and we took those profits. We reinvested them in Google ads. Very, very quickly, we got to the point where I was showing up at Google, literally going to the building in Cambridge, Massachusetts and asking them, hey, guys, I can only spend 100 grand a month. I need to spend 200 in order for me to get to my next growth. And, and they actually told me we can't invent more searches. So you're kind of out of luck. Like we maxed out Google, believe it or not. Wow. Um, then when we were done with that, we took those profits, reinvested them in Facebook ads, uh, which is also Instagram ads, YouTube ads. Um, eventually TikTok ads, early adopters there. Um, you know, we built a nice book of business. So what did we do? We were like, okay, we need our clients referring us business. We came up with a referral program where the clients were able to literally refer their friends and family and get paid. You know, if we're paying Google a hundred bucks to acquire a client, why don't we pay our clients? So we built up an automatic referral engine that produces money. Um, email marketing, social media marketing to stay top of mind to our book. Hey clients, it's us, you know, check out our post once again today. Not so much a lead gen strategy, but a top of mind strategy. So we did all those things in, in our previous company. So when we came over to real top, initially we're like, let's say super, let's stay super niche and just do Google ads for a while. Let's get really kind of like, let's become the Google ads guys. But my clients knew that we had made money from all these other outlets mm -hmm. and we're using all those other channels for mark, you know, to market real top. And eventually we had to sort of give in and expand to all those channels that we had already kind of nailed, but for our clients. So um, we didn't we didn't go into doing these channels without the experience. I had already burned through millions of dollars, like making mistakes of my own money, marketing my own company. So yep. I mean, it's a kind of like our motto here, like, hey, I'm not going to sell you a channel or a platform um, that I haven't mastered myself. Uh, you know, we don't sell e-commerce. Why? I haven't been successful at it yet. You know, maybe I will one day and I'll sell it. But until then, we won't sell the service because I, I can't really stand behind it. You know, I, I, I feel like I was lying. Very well said. And of course, Always growing as an entrepreneur, keeping your mind expanding. Who knows what's next for you? You've already accomplished so much. I look forward to your next announcement. But now in entrepreneurship, you have a ton of experience. What are some of the more challenging areas for you to help out our audience? One of the most challenging things for me, and it's still challenging, it's, you know, early on in the infancy stage of, of any business, you, you do wear a lot of hats. Unless you have a lot of capital at the beginning, you could just literally hire the bookkeeper, hire the marketer, hire, you know, early on, you don't do that stuff. If, if you're like a normal entrepreneur, right? You're just like a normal guy starting a, I don't know, starting a, starting a law firm, starting a landscaping company. You're the technician, right? Yep. Um, the problem is, uh, or my problem was I was really good at, at sales. Okay. I was really good at talking to clients and, and closing the deals. Right. Um, and it was very difficult for me to let go of that. Um, you know, whenever I got really, whenever I wanted to understand something, I would learn it really well. And I felt like 
there, there's no possible way someone could be better than, than, than me at that role. And then as a result, I ended up holding on to that role too long and not delegating it out, not training someone. Mm -hmm. I'm not hiring someone that's smarter than me and kind of swallowing my pride and let, let letting smarter people um, take over those roles. And that's a challenge for me today. Um, and that's a, that's a challenge for me or a challenge that I've had in the past. And that's been the biggest thing that has stunted my growth. Uh, and that's something I really need to work on a lot. It's always important to take time to reflect, I feel, because we're able to see the areas we need to improve on, similar to what you just said, always growing. You're crushing it so far for us, Nick. What is one of your greatest lessons learned in entrepreneurship? Share that with our audience. Well, my dad has an old saying, it's in, it's in Greek. I almost can't repeat it in Greek and I wish he was still alive so I can ask him uh, to, re I used to say, dad, can you just repeat that saying to me? And uh, it goes something along the lines of this. It was something along the lines of it's, it's better to be the baker of your own small loaf of bread than to work at the bakery. And, 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 you know, and, uh, in, it sounds so much more eloquent in Greek and he used to say it so well. I, I wish I had, I wish I'd recorded him, uh, saying it. Um, I was, I was thinking about this saying, um, in the car on my way back here to the office, uh, so we can meet. Um, and I would say that's, that's a big lesson. Um, uh, don't get, you know, you're at a big company, you have an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial mind, but don't get too mesmerized with the false sense of security because you're working for a big company. Big companies, the second you signed on, you sign a big fat contract that says they can fire you at any time because you sneezed or blinked the wrong way. So if you if you are feeling the sense of security, most likely it's 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 pretty uh, it's pretty false. Um, and whereas, you know, when you're working for yourself and you're in charge of that one little small loaf of bread, it might not be sexy, but it's yours and you own it and you baked it. And there's a certain satisfaction from taking a loaf of bread from A to Z. That process is very, very special. And I think there's an extra blessing uh, for those that are humble enough to, to stick with the little loaf of bread. It's not a money thing, by the way. I probably could have made a lot more money working at a company than being self-employed. It's really not even a money thing, but there's a little, there's a special little magic there. I undoubtedly would have been making more money up until this point if I had used the MBA or the finance degree directly. But every day I use the tools <laughs> in my entrepreneurship field. I know once my career and offerings blossom, I will surpass anything I ever made because the passion is behind it. Do you think that quote you just shared may be of a a lead to you in entrepreneurship, always creating something that's your own, like your company, you've created this, this, this bread. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, you know, it's not for everybody. Okay. Absolutely so for those not. listening yes. that don't feel the need to be entrepreneurs and start your own business, don't, I'll tell you what, in, in my, in my businesses, I have really amazing, wonderful people working there that maybe don't want to deal with this. They're not as crazy or, idiotic as me. And they're like, I'm just going to work at this job and, and have an entrepreneurial mindset, you know, um, work at a good company with good people. Um, th there's nothing wrong with that, I would say. But if, if you have that bug in, in your, in your, in your feeling it, um, 
if you haven't exercised it yet, it's probably not for you. You know, you've already done it. So don't, don't sweat it. Thank you for sharing that. Everyone keep your head up and keep going. Before we get into this week's spotlight story, which is on an amazing article titled nine successful entrepreneurs share their top marketing advice. They wish they knew when they started, we're going to dig into our guest brain a little bit. If you could pick any entrepreneur throughout history to sit down and have a conversation with, learn from, who would you choose? Well, I think I would choose Henry Ford. Love one of the old Titans. Let's hear it. Why him? You know, I really loved, um, I, I really love efficiency, you know, and I really, I really respect how he was able to take what was kind of an, an archaic industry, you know, at the time in Detroit, there were you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of uh, literally hundreds of, of these car makers, right? And um, he turned around and he saw the inefficiency in having one guy spending days and hours in a year building an automobile or a small team. And he was like, hey, listen, let's have this guy just put on bumpers. Um, I took that philosophy into my last business. And my, my theory around it was, if all I'm doing all day is putting on bumpers, okay, that's all I'm doing. It almost becomes mindless work, okay? Yes. As a result of the mindless work, uh, not having to pivot, go left, go right, um, I don't have to think about it. And when I don't have to think about it, I can save my, my brain, my brain power for other things, for my kids, for my family, for my hobbies, for sports, all the cool stuff outside of work. Aside from the efficiency, I actually, my, my theory is it makes people happier. Um, I treat myself that way too. I'm very, I very much try to get down to one or two specific things I do in my business and that's it. It doesn't always happen. Um, and I, I try in our companies to do the same. I don't like when people have 20 different tasks. Let's get one or two things and let's stick stick to those. That way you can keep your, you know, when you log off of work and you're, and you're a dad or you're a mother, you have to have something left for your family. And if you spent all of your brain power just maneuvering 20 different tasks, it's not mm -hmm. productive. Overall, it's not productive as, as a company. Um, and you have nothing left for your family. So I think we should try to keep it simple for people. And that's why I love Henry Ford, he, he did that, you know, and it was a time in the world where I'd say families were pretty damn tight. If you went back into Detroit mm -hmm. in those days, people ate dinner together. Um, families were pretty tight. Now, I'm not saying Henry Ford created that, yeah. but definitely made it a little easier. I'm looking much forward to bringing on more team members because in entrepreneurship, you really have to do wear all these hats in the beginning as now Hopefully COVID is moving behind us so I can make a difference in more schools and more nonprofits. I am looking forward to adding people to supplement my strengths to turn, help turn my weaknesses or weaker areas into stronger areas. But now we're going to dive into the spotlight story. Everyone listening on, as you know, normally we look into another entrepreneur's journey to get our take on it. But since we have a marketing entrepreneur on the show today, I thought this awesome article from Forbes would be great to go over with our guest again titled nine successful entrepreneurs share their top marketing advice they wish they knew when they started and we'll go over a few pieces of this article work with social media specialists focus on one or two marketing activities at a time similar to what our guest just talking about 
implement search engine optimization strategies. And we'll look at this one a little more as our guest can provide a lot of valuable take on it. And it's from Richard Fong of abcdreamusa.com. When I first started my marketing business, I wish I'd known the importance of search engine optimization above all other marketing channels. I realized that building a strong search engine presence isn't a fast process, but it can be the most rewarding when executed correctly. Compared with the ads on social media that cost you every time someone clicks, strategic search engine optimization can drive traffic for years with no additional costs per click. Once you add SEO content to a website, it keeps driving traffic for free with highly qualified clicks. Of course, the more SEO content you publish, the stronger position you will be going forward. While SEO can deliver exponential ROI long-term, remember it's not a one-time action, it's something you must maintain. Some of the other advice we hear, see here are focus on the purpose behind your business, build relationships with the consumers, and measure everything you do and track your results. What are some takeaways from this article, Nick? I really like, uh, I really like the idea that making SEO a, a, a priority. Okay, you do have the, you know, we have to remember that Google is a search mechanism and you know, at the top of the funnel, creating trust because someone has found you naturally on Google and they engage in your content and then they keep in, engaging with you constantly. I mean, who are they going to go to yeah. when they're looking for the particular service that they can offer? They're going to go to that person, right? So I think SEO is absolutely critical. And, you know, from a very practical standpoint, you know, and, and I advocate for, for, for you listeners that are entrepreneurs right now, take your own business, go into Google, Type in that service, right? Keep it simple. Go to a desktop right now mm-hmm. or open up your mobile phone and literally type it in. Are you a plumber? Type in plumbing service near me. And what shows up? Well, at the top, you're going to see Google ads, right? So there's a there's a place for that for all businesses because people that click there don't click on the organic stuff. There's a place there for Google My Business and there's a place there for the organic listings. You can't click on two things at once so as part of your marketing strategy, you probably want to be able to, at least your digital marketing strategy, you probably want to have coverage in all of those categories because people are searching, they're motivated, that's why they're searching. And it's a shame for you not to show up. It's it's free money. Even when you pay for a click, it's literally free money. You pay, you know, 10 bucks for a click, someone clicks, they come to your website and buy your services. And you turn around and make $20 from that. Those are That's $10 you didn't have. It's, it's almost sinful not to have a presence in these places, especially when you look at the trend of human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, we're so transient now. Like people are living in places where they're not deep rooted. They're not comfortable asking for a referral from a friend or family for a service or product or restaurant. So what do they do? The, the next best option is always, is always Google. And how do you show up there? SEO. Google My Business, Google Ads, local service ads. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what's happening. As, as we become less and less rooted, the old, um, you know, you're, you're a former New Yorker, the old, hey, I got a guy. I got a it, guy. Um, you know, I call him my guy. You know, we used to have a guy for everything. We had a guy for car inspection stickers. We had, yep. literally had a guy for everything. You didn't need Google. Google is our, Google is, Google is that friend that you Google is that friend that we had back in the day that always had a guy. He's that, that's that's so funny. That guy, that that poor guy is out of business now. He he is gone, you know. 
Thank you for your incredible analysis on that. I was hoping that it would hit home with you and you'd be able to provide feedback just as you did and for inspiring us the entire show, sharing your journey and so much more. How can everybody find everything you're working on? Personal page, company, website, you name it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say you could check us out on Instagram or just come over, just come right to our website. Uh, you can go to on Instagram, you can go to Real Top Digital or at Real Top Digital. And if you want to check us out online, you can just go to realtop.com. If you're ever interested in exploring marketing services for your uh, fast growing business or you want to be a fast growing business, you can go there, request a free consultation. We can't help everybody. We do have some minimums because we just don't we don't have the ability to assist everybody, but if you have a, uh, you know, what I call a larger small business or a fast growing uh, business, you know, we're definitely the place for you. We've got dozens of case studies and social proof on our site that you can look through before you even reach out to us. Thank you for sharing that. And everyone listening on, be sure to check out his content. There's a lot to offer and in the world of entrepreneurship, or even if you're just in business out there, we can always use a fresh idea on marketing I am at Vincent A. Lancy and at VincentALancy.com. Be sure to check me out on YouTube. I've been posting a lot of new content. The show is at That Entrepreneur Show. We are on all platforms. And I would like to thank you for tuning in to another Friday of Entrepreneurship Talk. Nick, thank you for connecting and joining the show. Thanks for having me on, brother. 